This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's mortgage mentor with more than 35 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. You'll learn to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is certified mortgage planner and CEO of Kinetic Spark Consulting, Jen Duplessis. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I am so excited for our guest today because, number one, he is a veteran. And everybody knows how important that is to me, you know, for my family and because I was raised in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and was, you know, around that. So, number one, he is a veteran, and I want to thank him for coming on to our show. But I want to introduce you to Sean Douglas. He is host of two podcasts. One is called Life Transformation Radio, which we're going to talk a little bit about. And I was a guest on his show. So check out my Facebook page to see where I talked about it, as well as Fail Dinner Conversations, which we're going to talk about just a little bit because we're heading into Easter right now. And this is going to be a topic that's going to happen at your household. So we want to talk just briefly about that as well. But Sean, well, first of all, welcome to the show. And then I'll introduce you fully. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Honored. Of course. Well, we've had some fun together. I love your style. <laughs> yeah. So Sean's, you know, again, a U.S. Air Force veteran. He's a TEDx speaker, a master resilience implementer, which I'd like to hear more about. It just kind of goes across the gamut here. He's a suicide awareness trainer, which I really can't wait to connect you with a colleague of mine about this. He's an author. There's just so many wonderful things that he does. And I know that he's really trying to help his community of veterans as well as everybody else in their transformation. So gosh, there's just so much to say about you. But one of the things I do want to talk about is what is your passion? Because you've got so many topics that you're really addressing. And where's the core of what you're trying to do to help people with their professional growth? I love solving problems. Like I just love having a conversation with somebody and like, man, I really wish that I could do X. I'm like, oh, well, just do this, 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 and this. And they're like, oh, oh yeah. What you had to do? <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's kind of like, I really want to start a show. Well, just do this, this, and this. I really want to start a business. Or I really want to lead my people in my organization. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, to lead them, you got to, you know, I want to be able to be in a conversation, give some, I guess, advice. Yeah. You know, I want, I want to be that mentor that people are like, yo, for right now, I'm tagged on social media a lot when it comes to speaking yeah. and podcasting. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to get business up there too, but because I haven't built a millions and gazillions of dollars in business, I'm no, I'm no Gary V. But right. what I want is people to think of me as right now it's speaking. Like when people think about speaking and TEDx and all that, I'm immediately tagged first thought. Like that's yeah. awesome. And then positioning and then podcasts. So they want to know how to grow a show, how to, you know, whatever. So I'm trying to get to the point where people are just like, hey, I have a question and I just answer it. And they're like, okay, thanks. And then eventually it turns into business. And that's kind of my goal. Yeah. So I love that you're trying to help everybody. So let's talk a little bit about, I don't consider it maybe a digression, but I want to talk about suicide awareness. Where does that fit into what you're doing as well? Because that's such a huge problem right now with our veterans. And it's also a huge problem with our teenagers. And I have yeah. to tell you, most of my audience that's listening here is mortgage lenders. One of my clients two months ago, a colleague in her town committed suicide over race, wow. right? So it's a big problem in our society. So tell us about that a little bit so that we can learn more about how we could help you support that effort. Yeah. So in 2008, I went through my own suicide stuff 
and try to take my life. A few years later, I was a drill instructor for basic training and went through classes and all that and became an instructor to teach suicide awareness. How to identify people who are the indicators that they may try to take their life. And ever since 2014, we set up the resilience program over at Seymour Johnson in uh, Goldsboro, North Carolina, Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. Along with that was attached a suicide class. Mm -hmm. So I was teaching both. So I became the Air Force suicide awareness trainer. And wow. I was teaching other people how to be aware of those who may exhibiting behavior mm -hmm. that might be suicidal. There's a big issue with that with kids with bullying. Oh There's my gosh, veterans people in the military mm -hmm. and entrepreneurs and people who are like in 2008, we always go back to 2008. It's like the benchmark 2008 yeah. real estate mortgage business. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. the world shut down and it's kind of our benchmark where we say back in this time, this is what happened and this is how people were feeling. And this is like the dark time, kind of like the great depression. Right. So when we go back there and we think about it. A lot of people's lives we're upside down and a lot of people probably did take their life. Yeah. Well, and I think maybe, you know, there are a lot of people, I see this, a lot of people that have been at least in the mortgage and real estate business, you know, for that long, I wouldn't say that, that I feel like someone's, you know, going to take their life or anything that I can recognize. Right. Cause I'm not trained right. to do that, but I think that there's an overall depression. There's not this moving on. There's something that's, that's holding them back. It's not even a helium balloon right now, but it's like having a string to a helium balloon, right? But I don't even know that people have helium balloon minds because that would be, I want to move, I want to move, I want to get going forward. I think they're just kind of deflated and, you know, just being dragged down. And I'm seeing that. And of course, that's not everybody. I don't want to be Sally Downer or anything like that. I just see that this general numbness that sort of happened since that time period with a lot of people. And you know, that's why I'm so excited about what I'm doing, about what you're doing, you know, making the impact on lives and helping people solve problems, you know, and recognizing that with people. So how can we help you with your mission in that arena? Yeah, I get booked to speak at veteran events. I get booked to speak at resilience events. I get booked to speak at all kinds of different events that really are people who are suffering from this moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're in their dark night of the soul. Or maybe it's an organization. Maybe it's an organization that is really having a culture problem. Like there's a toxic leadership environment or yeah. a toxic workplace environment, right? And they really need help with their culture. I get booked to speak for that as well. I love that. And, and also, if anybody's listening, you know, and they feel like their culture is just kind of spiraling, that's a great opportunity to reach out to you to have you come in and share that message. Absolutely. With there's no retention problem at all in the world. Like no business ever has a retention problem. There's a toxic workplace environment or a toxic leadership environment where people just don't want to work there. Yeah. So it's not that people don't want to work there and therefore there's some kind of a retention issue in this industry. Right, right. It's, I hate the people I work with. I hate the people I that are my bosses. Yeah. And I don't want to work with them. Yeah. So it's the people, not the job, not the business, not, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I know. I totally know what you're saying. Cause I know there was just some new statistics that came out on that about, I think it's 67% of people leave their job or 68% of people leave their job, not because they don't like what they're actually doing, but because they're right. not being recognized or they don't like the culture. They don't like the community. They don't feel like they're contributing to the overall personality. Yep. I'm going to use that word instead of culture, but personality of the department. 
the community and the company. Yep. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so let's just kind of move on to some more positive stuff, right? Although it's a very important message and I wanted to take the time to address it. I want to talk about positioning. Oh, yeah. This is a big issue, you know, I think. And actually, you and I were just talking about it somewhat offline because, you know, I'm kind of going in 50 different directions, you know, trying to figure out where do I really want to make the most impact. And positioning is really a big issue because I think that from an entrepreneur's standpoint and even sales professionals that are listening in as well, we want to be everything to everybody. Mm. And that's a big challenge. And it's something I talk about all the time is that you have to niche to grow rich. And I think that a lot of people think that when they niche, they're actually digging a ditch for themselves. <laughs> it's not the case, right? So can we talk right. a little bit about positioning as before we head into the movement of what does it take to be a TEDx talker? How you know people could take some steps in creating that? So tell us a little bit about your take on positioning and what you're seeing and how someone might be able to identify maybe some steps and how they can identify a better way to highlight their message. Yeah. Positioning is not branding. Branding yeah. <laughs> is your company's core values. Branding is your logo, the colors, your programs, products, and services. It's your offerings. It's everything. It's right. everything that people think about your company. Yeah. Yep. Positioning. Nike, Starbucks. Yep. Yeah. It's what you do. It's how you serve. It's everything. Positioning is how Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts, and Tim Horton, and I'm sure there's one more coffee place, or how Burger King, right. and McDonald's, mm -hmm. and Wendy's, and Arby's, right? Yeah. It's how people perceive and receive the problem that you solve. Mm -hmm. Why would I go to Dunkin' Donuts over Starbucks? Why would I go to someplace else over Walmart? Why would I go to Target? Why would I shop at one store and not the other? Right. And there's always a positioning. Walmart positions themselves as the lowest prices in town. Right. Right. We have a grocery store right here called Harris Teeter. Yep. Harris Teeter. Oh, you do have it too? Yeah. Yeah. Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So love Harris Teeter and Harris Teeter has positioned themselves in a certain way. They do the coupons and the double coupons and the double thing. You know, they do all this other stuff that nobody else is doing. To position yourself in the marketplace, you have to figure out how you want to be known. How do you want to be perceived and received inside the marketplace? Positioning is all about creating a problem that only you can solve and then becoming the subject matter expert in the industry mm -hmm. that solves that problem. Yeah. That's how you position Better yourself. Better than anybody else. Better 100%. Than anybody else. Yeah. Yep. And you have to create a problem that only you can solve. Right. Only you can solve. And you frame it and condition the marketplace to receive that problem and get them to say, oh my gosh, I do have that problem. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Right. You have to get them to rethink how they live their life. And so you condition the market to receive it by producing tons and tons and tons of content that says, oh my gosh, I have this problem. Right, right. It's interesting based on the example of Harris Teeter over Giant or over Food Lion, right? Yeah. Because first of all, I never knew that Harris Teeter had coupons and double coupons. <laughs> I had no idea. Absolutely no idea. And that's where I shop. Wow. That's exactly where I shop. Oh, wow. Yeah. But not because of that. I didn't even know they had it. Yeah. They, they have double days. And, oh, wow. I had, you know. no, I had absolutely no idea. I go there <laughs> for a different reason, right? So that would lend itself to say that maybe there's positioning that is different for different people. 
they have shoppers. And in fact, I've noticed, and I don't shop very often, I let my husband do that. But I've noticed that when I'm in the store, I'm running into more of their shoppers than I am actual shoppers. And people are in line outside to have the bags put into their car. Yep. And I haven't gone there yet because I'm so finicky about what I like. But I see that as a positioning, a different type of positioning for them because you have the coupon people who will go in and try to save a buck. And then you have the people that are like, I don't want to go in and try to save a buck. I just want to have my stuff done for me, right? Yep. I go because I love their produce and their yes. um, and their deli department. I mean, that's so why much I better than love Walmart. their produce. Oh, yes. I don't know that they positioned themselves that way in the marketplace other than you have to go there and experience it. Oh, yeah. It's so much nicer, too. Like, when you walk in, it's just so nice. Like, everything's, oh, yeah. like, in their spot. For me, having OCD... I look at them like, this, this is wonderful. Right. Fine stuff. <laughs> you say that because, yeah, I'd be fixing things too. <laughs> I go to Walmart, just everything's all over the place. It's That's just how like I feel about a mess. Wegmans. A lot of people go to Wegmans and it's just too much. Yeah. Too much consumption for me, right? So how could, you know, let's just take an example. Let's take a real estate agent. How, Perfect. how could a real estate agent change that perception when it's such a commoditized industry? It's like, how can I possibly do something nobody else does? Yeah. Now I know I, I can do it differently because it's me. You'll get a different experience, but how can I position that? I love this. And I love using real estate as an example because most real estate agents think that they're selling a house, but they're right. not. So every real estate agent is, I got to sell these houses. I got to make time to make my money with the commission. And they think about it from a business standpoint. I have a few real estate agent friends that are crushing it because they're not selling houses. They're selling people's futures. Yeah. They're selling their forever home. Yes. They're selling them their first home when they got married. Mm-hmm. They're selling them their first home because they got married and had a kid and they need to expand. Right. They're selling them their future. Right. When their you look at it, you know, yep. for growing wealth, their investment property for growing wealth. Uh huh. 100%. Maybe they're selling them an investment property that they're going to flip or they're going to use maybe for Airbnb or Or it's their first house. Yep. So when you think about it that way, what problem are you solving? Mm -hmm. I'm going to sell somebody a home. Like me and my wife have four kids. If we were going to go buy a house because we were going to have more kids or whatever, maybe we have two kids. We all of a sudden had twins. Like, oh my gosh, we're going to have four kids. So we go to the real estate agent because we need to expand. And they're like, cool, I'm going to sell you a house. I really don't want to work with that person. And they go, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Let's find you a really great house for a family of six that's really going to suit your needs. And that real estate agent takes the time to pick out houses that would really suit us and not their pocket. Right. That's who I'm going to do business with. And when you have a real estate agent talking in those terms, let me find you your forever home. Sure. They're just Mm -hmm. using language that Mm -hmm. suits us and they're using empathy to sell right? They're using empathy to sell because they're like, oh, you really want this one kitchen? Because a lot of real estate agents that I know will get really upset. They're like, they're so picky. Like, dude, it's their house. <laughs> right. Like, You're not making the payment. <laughs> right? Like it's them that have to live in it. Like, what are you talking about? And they'll just get frustrated. Yeah. I sold them six houses. I showed them all. I showed them six houses. And they don't like any of them right. because you're that's not doing it to their needs. Yeah. 100%. And that's definitely transactional. You know, it's funny because I was speaking at insurance company yesterday and it was two loan officers, right? We were doing some stuff and, you know, and I said, do you realize that you can customize a 30-year fixed rate loan? And someone thought that I was teasing about that and they go, yeah, right. And I go, no, right. 
you can customize a 30-year fixed rate loan. We need to help our clients understand that. They think, I just need a 30-year fixed rate loan, so just give me a rate. And that's not the case. It's, do you want 5% down or 10% or 20%? Do you want PMI or not PMI? Are you going to pay points or not pay points? You're going to roll your closing costs in or not roll your closing costs in? And so all of those are decisions that allow you to customize and position yourself as an expert because you're not just transactional and saying, here's the rate. It's a 30 year. It's like every Tom, Dick and Harry. Right. True. What I also tell real estate agents is is the houses that you have that you're going to go sell or whatever, because sometimes it'll be like Remax owns this or Century 21 or or whatever organization has this house, right? And so we could just go in as real estate agents and like, okay, I got this house, I got this house, I'm gonna try to sell this one. But do like a walkthrough or do something like a Facebook Live like in front of the house and go, did you just get married? This two bedroom, two bath house would be amazing for newlyweds. It's got this, it's got, and like do like a Facebook Live. Like if you're in this area, if you're in this city, if you're in this county, whatever, I invite you to come out and be personable to your audience. That's what I would do. I love that because you know what they always do? And I hate to harp on realtors, but they always say, if you know anybody, which is the wrong way to start it anyway, but if you know anybody who's buying or selling a home, I'd really like to talk to them. I can help them buy and sell a home. And instead of who do you know who just got engaged and they need to buy a house? Who do you know just found out they're expecting another baby? Correct. who just got divorced? Who do you know who just inherited money? Who do you know who's trying to grow their wealth through investment properties? Who do you know who just paid off a bunch of debt? And now, oh yeah. I mean, there's just a gazillion things that you could do. And it's about really honing in because I know I can tell you this. If you're too general in everything that you do, I'm never going to be able to. So it's like, who do you know? I mean, well, let me even say, if you know anybody, right? Right. I have to physically, in my mind, drive to a building that has 70 floors and I have to figure out what floor it's on. Then I got to figure out what room it's in, right? What suite and then what room. And then what cabinet, I'm using those terms, what cabinet's in, what file, what drawer of the cabinet, what file it's in to go, yeah, I don't know anybody, (laughs) right? They say to me, do you know anyone who's expecting a child? Oh my goodness. Now it's like, oh, I do because I saw this person online and they said this, you know, and I know these people. It's amazing how you can be very, very specific. So thank you for just sharing with us about that positioning. I really like the idea that you're talking about, about the analogy of the grocery stores and the other stores and everything. They all have a different brand, but they all have a different experience, which is a result of all their positioning. 100%. Burger King, I think more of kids for some reason, immediately the crown comes up, the little crown comes up for kids, even though I know McDonald's has that playroom and all that kind of stuff, but I'm stuck at Ronald McDonald, right? I'm stuck at him. And then that makes me think of the Ronald McDonald house. So it's just amazing how it's perceived, right? By different people. Yep, 100%. Be amazed at what happens when you market to the seasons of life. And if you really want to position yourself away from the competition, market to the seasons of life. I tell relationship coaches all the time, stop being a relationship coach. Stop it. Market to the seasons of life. Be a relationship (laughs) coach for newlyweds. Be a relationship coach for new parents. A relationship coach for retirees. A relationship coach for divorcees who's going to find their second love. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Be a seasonal person. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And that can go across all things. Even when we were talking about investment properties, you know, it could be that's a season. Gosh, I think most people are going to think that's a season where you have more money and you're older. You're my age demographic and you have more money and you're older and you go, okay, now I'm going to buy investment properties. But that's actually not the best time to buy. You should be buying when you're younger so they can be all paid off, right? 
So there's yep. definitely a season for each one of them. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. I really love that. So let's say that they're positioned and let's just move on to the TEDx. And so some person who says, look, I'm not TEDx-ish. Yes, you can be. I have lots mm-hmm. of friends who are. I'm working my way to there as well. And so people don't think that they have a message to give, but once you're in a good position and you have that message you want to share, what are some things to get started? If someone was just saying, you know, I never even thought that was possible. How do you get started in going in that direction? Right. There's a few, I guess, checklist items that most people want to see. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have anything to do with followers. And if it does, then you don't want to speak there anyways. Okay. So you want have to be known for something. A resilience implementer, real estate agent, mortgage lender. Like you have to be known for something. You can't be like, well, I don't have a job and I'm just kind of been floundering (laughs) through life. Like you have to have something. You have to have a foothold somewhere. You also have to be somewhat, I'm going to say somewhat because it's not really necessary, but somewhat is. You have to have something in the media. Like you're a guest on podcasts. You either have one. You've written a blog. You have a book. Something that says something, I don't know what it is, something, you've written an article one time, but something that says that you are the thought leader. Yes. Maybe it's LinkedIn articles. Maybe you write a LinkedIn article once a week and that's your blog. I don't know. But you have to be the thought leader on whatever it is that you want to talk about. You have to have a story. You have to be talking about it. You have to be creating content. They're not just going to pick some random person who's never talked about this before. Right. Of course. This has to be you. This has to be what you're known for. This has to be like, you have to be the person positioned to talk about it. That's the main part. So your website has to be talking about it. If you have books, whatever the shows are and all of your content has to match. That's the biggest thing. Some people are like, well, I want to talk about building boats on a TEDx. I'm like, you've ever built a boat? No. Do you have a boat business? No. (laughs) Anybody who's ever built a boat? No, I just want to talk about it. Have you ever been on a boat? (laughs) That's never going to happen. You're going to submit something about it, right? And they're going to be like, no, like this guy's not even an expert. Like, no, TEDx are for the experts. Yeah. Know what they're talking about. So become an expert, right? Become an expert in something that you're passionate about. And I think this would go back to, you know, to knowing a lot of the listeners that I have is that it would go back to doing Facebook lives on a consistent basis where you're interviewing, you you could be the girl about town. So you're an expert at finding out the great stories about all the owners and how they got to become an owner. Or maybe you're doing Facebook lives and you're a loan officer and you're interviewing realtors or you're a realtor and you're interviewing loan officers. Now you become that expert in that marketplace. And this is something that a lot of people are really struggling with and challenges, not doing videos because they don't like the way they look and they don't know what to say. And I think that's kind of the first start is you've got to let people know that, oh, I've seen you and you and I both experience it where people come to me and they say, I know you from somewhere. And I'm like, yeah, I can't tell you where you might know me because I'm everywhere. Right. And that's absolutely. So I know that there are little, I'm going to call it a chapter. There's like chapters of TEDx's here, there, and yonder. Would you suggest that we start there? Would you suggest we go for the top? So how do we find these things? Okay. So what you do is you go to Ted's website. So it'd be ted.com forward slash TEDx forward slash events. Just off the top of my head, I think that's what it is. But if you go to the TED website, it'll say something about TEDx. You click on that. Anyway, once you find that, you literally, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of TEDx that go on. Yeah. Every year. And I work with speakers to get on TEDx by doing three things. One, you have to have a message. 
Yes. Not a topic, not like I want to talk about boats. I want to, the message, because you'll find out that the message is usually a very, very great topic. And you can tie it in to what you're positioned as an expert as. Correct. So you have to have a message, three to four sentences, very emotional, very powerful. Then you start with a startling fact, a startling story, or a startling discovery. My TEDx, my startling story I started off with was the 2008 suicide moment. Yeah. So you start off. There was one guy there that said, 98% of you in this room will die at some point in your life. And it was like, 98%? Oh, the 2%. And so he kept on going, right? He just kept on talking. And everybody's yeah. like, and you can see everybody like, 98%. Where was like, oh, you must be wondering about that 2%. Right. And those are the 2% of people that are going to figure out life and longevity. And then he talked about life and longevity. Right, you right. Know? And then tied it into a joke like, and you'll be the ones because you have so much money, you're going to be the ones that are going to figure out how to put your face inside of a space helmet filled with water like Simpsons or whatever the... <laughs> Whatever the reference was, like, oh, I get it. Uh, Right. But he was just talking about life and longevity, but it was so funny how he started. One of my friends, we were working on her TEDx talk and she told me one of her stories. I said, that's what you're going to start with, but you're not going to tell it all. You're just going to start with that. And then I want you to transition. So she started her TEDx and she has two now. And we started her TEDx talk off with, when I was younger, I used to eat out of trash cans. Oh, wow. But before I get into that story, I really want you to know this and completely said something different. And everybody was like, what? And you just see it. Yeah. You could see it in the audience. They were like, what? Yeah. Like, wait. And she goes, you might be wondering why I started with that. It's relevant because, and then she went on to talk about later on all of her stuff. And just the response was incredible. That's awesome. And when you hook them in the beginning, you have them because you only have Seven, even, yeah, 0.08 seconds. Seven, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not, yeah. You have seven, nine, 12, and 15 minutes. Sometimes yeah. there's an 18 minute, that's like Tony Robbins. It's like seven, nine, 12, and 15. Those are yeah. like the types of talks that you could give. Yeah. So you really got to hook them fast. Yeah. So number one, be positioned already. Like yeah. that's the big thing. Like don't come in talking about something that you have no business talking about. Right. They're never going to pick you. Yeah. The second is start off with a startling fact, startling story, or starting discovery. A hook. Big hook. Yep. Yeah, big hook. Yeah. The third and most crucial part that you must have is what happens when humanity implements this idea. Yeah. Have the result. The result. Yeah. Have the result already. If you implement what I'm saying today, not you will live a better life. Like that's way too broad. Like you said, yeah. the riches are in the niches, right? Niche yeah. down. If someone takes action on what we're talking about on the TEDx, the result is that you have a very, very great chance of becoming a TEDx speaker. Yeah. Very succinct, right? Yep. If anything that I say today resonated with you and you decide to take action on it, you can expect what? What can you expect? Give that to them. Show them the way. Most speakers want to try to be the hero of somebody's story, and you're not. You are the mentor and the guide of their story. They are the hero of their story. Right, because they gonna, put themselves in it. Yeah. Nope, because they yeah. want to picture themselves in that and say, I can do this. So you're not the hero of their story. They're the hero of the story. You are the mentor and the guide who gave them the roadmap to become the hero of their story. Yeah. So I always tell people, it's never too late to write your success story. Yeah, I love that. Every day is yeah, an opportunity to write your success story. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. I love that. So let's talk about how people can work with you because, you know, those that are listening in are saying, oh my gosh, I want to work with him. I want to work with him. 
and it could be that they're working with you in many ways. And of course, we've got lots of links that we'll be providing in the show notes and all that good stuff. But what is the best way for someone to start to the engagement with you? How do we open up that door with you and get moving? Yeah, I'm available on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. I'm everywhere. So send me a message. If you're a speaker, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, podcaster, author, let me know. Yeah, or want to be any of those. I show you exactly how to become any of those. Let me know exactly what it is that you're trying to provide the world. And by world, I mean your sphere of influence, your immediate surroundings, and the social world. What do you want to do? And then we go from there. I love creating the blueprint for somebody's success. That's what I absolutely love to do. That's awesome. I love that. And I know you're also offering a complimentary strategy session for everyone. Yep. If you want to just have that strategy session um, with Sean, just go ahead and click on that link and you can have a strategy session with him on whatever it is you want to do. I know you have a TEDx talk strategy session link and yep. some others, but we'll be sharing all of those. Yep. Create, launch, and monetize your podcast. Create, launch, and monetize your book, create, launch, and monetize your business, create, launch, and monetize your speaker business, create, launch, and monetize your programs, products, and services, whatever it is that you want to create, launch, and then get paid from, that's what I do. Oh, that's I awesome. position it. Yeah, I love that. Now, that said, there's something <laughs> that you do that's not about creating, launching, and monetizing, and that is right. your new podcast that has been <laughs> released, right? <laughs> Called Failed Dinner Conversations. And I want to talk yeah. about that a little bit because here we are, we're coming up to Easter and people are going to oh, start yeah. having a conversation. You know, they're going to get their family together and inevitably something's going to go wrong. Something's going to happen. So yep. tell us about that one. And we have that link as well so that people can go listen to that and start and listening. I'm so excited because I love the way that you're putting this together. Yeah. Well. It's so funny. So we make it out of the holidays, either scarred more. Right, right. <laughs> or more. just regretting that we even said yes to go to this dinner. Right. And Easter's a finicky one too, because you've got people that are like, it's Easter. It's all about the bunny. And then you have some families that it's Easter. It's all about, about God mm -hmm. and Jesus. And you know, right. Oh. So now you're having a conversation about religion and people don't believe in religion. And it's just all these dinner conversations are just really, really crazy. What I absolutely love about the show is that it highlights people's failed dinner conversations. And I have all of the stories from just this past Thanksgiving and Christmas and maybe even New Year's. Right. Or what I love is that people go to Christmas dinner with their significant other's family and they say, let's get married or whatever. And the family's like, oh my God. And like, everybody's like so happy, whatever. And I'm waiting for the person to go, nah, I, don't I don't think so. Not right now. I, I don't want, not right now. Can I talk yeah. to you just for a minute? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have this whole thing planned out, right? Like you're in the park and it's nice and you get the Christmas lights and you pop the question and she's like, uh, I mean, we agreed to talk. Like I really need to talk to you. She goes, I really need to talk to you too. You're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. And in the movies, here's how it goes. I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you too. Okay, I'll meet you there. So we're meeting there and we try to like talk over each other. No, you go. Right. Okay, let me go first. Please let me go first. I want to marry you. And she's like, I was actually going to break up with you. Right. <laughs> you know, that's what we talk about. Like epic fail, epic fail. Yeah. Epic fail. And it's like that for divorce too, right? I want to talk oh, to you, yeah. you know, if this isn't working, I'm moving on. I fell in love with somebody else. And what yeah. you and I are talking about too is that our family, what I perceive as a failed conversation, 
is that every single meal when I get my two kids together and their significant others, every time that we're together for any meal, it's not even a holiday, it's just dinner. It always goes to sex. Always. (laughs) Always goes there. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, really, does this have to go that way again? Someone makes some off comment or my boat's called, that's what she said. Oh, yeah. So that has to come up. You know, I'll say something and someone will go, that's what she said. And I go, really? Are we going to go again? So for me, that's a failed because no matter who's there, no matter what guest we have, no matter who we're trying to impress, if we have people in addition to us, it goes there. You guys, can we just not talk about that at dinner this time? And so for me, that's a failed dinner conversation. But I love that you also have someone who is helping people with those relationships, you know, and saying, how how do I make sure it doesn't become a post-traumatic stress syndrome? syndrome, Let's make sure it's not PTSD from dinner. And I can tell you that was something my husband and I had to work on for years and years because my father was an alcoholic. So every dinner was a mess because he was already drunk. Every holiday was a mess because he was already drunk. My mother was a verbal abuser and I dreaded holidays. And it was one of the things that my husband and I said, you know, what we're going to do is we're really, really going to work on making sure that our holidays are happy and that dinner time is happy for us. So I love that you're bringing in a relationship expert too, to help everyone get past those and survive those. So just want to say thank you for all you're doing. Thank you. And help people. I mean, you're helping people from mindset and emotions and heart and family and relationships and PTSD and suicide prevention and all the way to their businesses. And I absolutely love that. So thank, thank you, you for all that you're doing. You must be exhausted. <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> I know. That's you. what I love to do. Like even when you and I talked, instantly we're talking about the retreats and the speaking and everything. I'm like, that's amazing. And the more you were talking, I'm like, I know who I need to connect you with. And I'm just thinking about like, who do I know that could compliment what she's doing? Who do I know that could take it to the next level? Who do I know that would be a win-win situation for everybody involved? Who do I know? Or what could I say? Or what could I do? And I'm always looking for that lasting impression. And those connections. Yeah. And that's what I love to do. I love to exit a conversation leaving a lasting impression going, I got a lot out of that conversation. Yeah. And I love that. And of course you've connected me with a few people and I'm yeah. we were sitting here and I was starting to write down, I need to connect you with all these people. And we have a person, I said, Oh, I need to connect you with Kyle. And you're like, I already know him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Cause he just does something really great too. So, well, yeah. Sean, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence today and sharing this message. And if you're listening in, please take him up on this offer. This is a great opportunity for you to learn how to get a better position. You know, your future, I say this all the time, your future is a series of nows. So what are you doing right now to ensure your future? You can wait if you want, but your future is going to be pushed out there. And so if you're looking for success right now, let's get on it. Let's do it today and get moving forward. So Sean, I want to again say thank you so much for joining us today. And we will catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Looking to streamline and launch your practice by accessing Jen's tools, courses, classes, presentations, and resources? Visit jenduplessis.com to learn about the features and benefits thousands of other professionals have experienced by enrolling in Jen's Lifetime Membership Program. Isn't it about time you consider a coach to take your business to new heights? Contact Jen to start your application process today. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in next week.